Aja Dabin. Yeah. Pardon? Really? <laughs> Our day's been fine. What's today's topic about then, Theo? What do you think we're doing today? Do you want about to be... someone's book. Do you want to be a part of this? Is Mum going to let you sit beside? Um... Do you want to be and ask the book author about I, I'll just leave it to the adults, you know, you know. <laughs> I can have your a lot of time. I'll just, I'll just be um, somewhere Ob- else. Observing. <laughs> Ob- an observer. Yeah. yeah, you're going to take it all in. You're going to write your own book one day, Theo. Maybe. You know you can, do, do you know you can start now writing a book about your experience right now? You don't have to wait till you're old. Dang. Okay. Older. <laughs> Older. Good evening. Oh, good evening, good evening. Susan. Hi. Susan. Good afternoon. Yeah. Hi, Louise. Hi. Sorry, guys, I'm a bit late. No, Fiona. no, no. It's Hello. fine. Our, our, um, our, our, our visitor isn't here yet. <laughs> so, oh, good. So, Lovely. Susan, this is Fiona and Louise okay? and Adrian. I'd like for Hi, you to take Fiona under our wing. Um, yeah. and, um, and, uh, just, she's taken yeah. her under her wing, basically. And Fiona, this is what I'm saying. We're very supportive of one another. Our mm-hmm. aim is to raise awareness. We've had many stories yeah. very similar to your own. Um, yeah. so our aim is to raise awareness. We, our host, our guest is not here yet, but in the meantime, right. what Adrian does is Adrian, please introduce yourself. Say that again, Kerry, you broke up. Please introduce yourself. Oh, right, okay. Well, good afternoon, panel. Um, my name is Adrian, and I'm part of the uh, MON Project structure uh, under the banner of Crime Prevention and Rehabilitation. So what do you do? Well, uh, side by side with yourself, I work cases whenever we retrieve them. Um, we're looking into uh, aspects of mental health, uh, my background is uh, crime, and when I say crime, not me committing crime, me solving crime, <laughs> uh, and, and being part of uh, uh, law enforcement mechanism or machinery, if you want to call it that, and I've taken that and I'm applying that now with the Mon Project. Great. Lou? Hi, Louise. Um what do I do? Well, I've uh, currently been working alongside Kerry since about November-ish now. I remember. <laughs> around, around that time, anyway. Um, I also am a member of um, JDA Fitness Lifestyle page, um, a bit of a fitness guru, training to be a PT. Um, I'm a TA in a primary school. And yeah, so I'm just wanting to help do the job of spreading the awareness and and getting what needs to be out there out there. Okay, Susan. Oh, our guest is here now. Well, I'm Susan. Um, My background is hypnotherapy, stroke, psychotherapy, along with a good bit of massage. Qualified uh, beauty therapist as well. And um, yeah, and that's me. I'm here working alongside Perry, Mum's Project, Mind Over Matter, and Suicide Prevention. So yeah, I'm here to support. 
Through the directly the... comes to the camera, but I get in there after a while. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hello, Farisai. Hi, hi, hey. hi. All right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna start recording in a minute. I was just introducing uh, Fiona to um, the members and etc. And who you are as well as, as part of our member as well. Moving on to the next stage, which I'm gonna talk about in a minute. But Fiona, uh, meet Farisai, book author Farisai now. <laughs> book author. Um, and. You guys have met Farisite, Louise and Susan have, and Adrian I have, I think, yeah, and myself. So you're in good hands, so welcome. And today is the do's and the don'ts, you guys know, but I'll just put it out again. What are the do's and the don'ts when we're interviewing? Do not swear. Don't, don't talk over someone. I was going to say that at the same time as you. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, I was talking over you then, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Raise your hand. That's what you've got to do. Raise your hand. Something to say. Raise your hand. Don't swear. Don't mention any ways of harming yourself. Um. You're doing really well. No promoting the method. No naming and shaming. No degrading treatment. Um, try not to give out where you are specifically in your location. Um, you can say where you are in the arena of like Suffolk or London or whatever else, but not really the area where you really are because you make yourself vulnerable, right? And you're online. Hello, Mary. I've never met Mary before and I don't know who else is coming, so I'm going to give it a minute. Um... Mary, Mary is a sister of mine. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Okay. So... You know, don't feel alarmed that you're the only white woman here. It's very noticeable. Um, <laughs> we are culturally diverse and we are yeah. human beings first. Okay. All right? Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. So don't feel uncomfortable because we don't see... The, the, the thing is that the internet's visible, but we're saying is our journeys are the same. Very similar. Very true. Very true. Okay. So we're in this together. So... Um, it's only two minutes past. Shall we wait a couple of minutes? Because I don't know. You've put it out, Farisai, publicly. <laughs> and I don't know who's coming because, you know, so it's it's one of those things. So I don't know who's coming. So if we wait five five minutes or so in the meantime so I can get to know Mary and Fiona. And then we're going to go into your story, Farisai. And I've got my book as well. That's on the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, hello, Mary, put your mic on. Have you received your book already? Now, I ordered my book today. And in, in the book... Oh, right. I, ordered... oh, I thought you No, I had to set up all the Amazon and all of that, so I ordered my book today. Look at that. Can you see that? Yeah. Yep. Look at that. Okay, well, I'll bring that up in a minute as well. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's... It's it's an honour. <laughs> I'll oh, get it's... on the one later. Yeah. I've been looking forward to getting mine, Ben. For uh... I'll be yeah, right. We're all going to order one, aren't we? And are we all going to do yeah. our own books? We should. I shall. Yeah, we... I shall be ordering mine. Oh, yeah. see, we got Agnes. You should. You should. You should. You'll be surprised. Um, <laughs> like talking about. Uh, Fiona not worrying about being the only white person. Yeah, I think the, the book 
has revealed to me that you know as human beings we go through the same things which mm-hmm. I didn't actually realize until I started writing the book I'll get a copy I will definitely get a copy <laughs> how many how many um other people have you invited Farah so do you think we should wait should we wait till no we've got lots more people coming and I don't know who they are so let's have a I look. think maybe wait two more minutes yeah well, let's wait yeah share to individuals I shared on Facebook and I shared all my group. So, yeah, maybe a few more minutes. Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. As long as you guys are all right with your time and stuff. Uh, your time is ours today. This is your special graduation, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. Well done, well done. It is. Um, ladies or gentlemen in the background without your cameras on, could you please put them on, please? I'd like to know who we're talking with. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that one? Alem, could you put your camera on, please, and your mic on? Agnes, could you put your camera and your mic on? And a telephone number, which is publicly identified. Not a very good thing, so should we change the name? There you go. Fatima. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, my sweetheart. Would you like to put your cameras on, please? We're all a part of equality here. <laughs> Alem? Oh, wow, I'm surprised. Do you know these guys? Yeah? Yeah? Right. Uh, well, I haven't seen Agnes, so I'm not sure. I haven't seen Alem, so I'm not sure. Guys, before I proceed, those that are in here, either put your cameras on, please, because I will not deal in a public arena when cameras are off. We don't know who you are and we don't know what you're going to be up to. Yeah. So please, in the middle of a live, it will be recorded. Can you please put your cameras on or please explain why your camera is not able to be identified. Because I'm eating. <laughs> your camera is on, Susan. <laughs> um, I'm having some tofu. Yeah, I tell you what. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of, and I, I hope you guys are listening. And. What is the downfalls about people not having their camera on and you don't know about who is here? And then when we're in the middle of we're in the middle of a live, they put the camera on, they could do something really badly, and we're all going to be a part of that. And so I'd rather yeah. not be a part of that. Guys, you please you put your cameras on or I'm going to eliminate you from here. <laughs> we need to know who is there. We're talking sensitive things here, so... Am yeah. I, is my camera on? Thank you. Yes, I can yeah. see that also. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if you're not... If you're hungry, Susan. Thank you, huh? Fatima. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Agnes, please put your camera on. Or Lorraine, put your camera on, please, before we proceed. Uh, I don't want... You do. Okay, I'm glad you've spoken to us. Thank you. Uh, Lorraine, okay. could you just please say hello to us? Okay, but I, I kiss you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh Agnes, you can, Agnes, you can stay. You can stay, love. I know, Lorraine. All right, great. You can stay. Um, uh, now we know who you are. Thank you. Yeah, I You can stay. You can stay. All right. Uh, Lorraine, uh, and you know Lorraine. Okay, great. I'm, so, I'm just in the middle of something. I'll put my camera on later. Yeah, no, that's... Lorraine, it, it, it's fine. Dr. Flashy, I'd like to see your face. 
She's a, she you like what? Woman. She's always just flashy and switch it up. <laughs> one minute, guys. One minute. I need to sit down. Please, people. Please. Hello, everyone. Hi. Don't send message to uh, Lorette because when we send a message to Lorette, she will share everywhere, and we have to be there. Ah, it's too much. Farisa, <laughs> uh. can you translate, please? <laughs> and if you send message to Lorraine, she invites everyone. So yeah, fat matter, Agnes, we're invited by Lorraine, who is not. Mm. Basic, and yes. if I'm not there, I'm in trouble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's true. So you'll see a lot of my friends coming. Mm. Oh, Sorry. that's really nice to see the support. That's, all right. that's actually good. Yeah, it really oh, is. Right? It's really nice to see the support. Susan, I must say you look lovely in your jacket, your 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 top today as well. Thank you. Oh, wow. I thought I put a little bit of the collar on with it. Yeah. <laughs> I do like my collars. Yeah. So, <laughs> so guys, just in case you missed out, I'm just going to go and proceed into what the rules are. Is if you whatever you hear today is when you're talking about your own personal experiences, no promoting the method of if you ever tried to harm yourself, how telling somebody how you did it. Please not do that. Be careful and mindful of your locations when we're talking about, particularly around the domestic violence. All right. Um. And. And be polite. Try not to talk over anybody. If anybody's got a question, in the little box, there's a reaction box. You can either put your hand up or hold your hand up sort of thing. I'll try and visually see who's looking to answer a question. So the remit is to listen. Um, give someone time to talk. If you have questions and you think, oh, I'm going to forget it, write it down beside you and we'll answer them afterwards. All right? I'll put them in the box. I try not to read while I'm interviewing because I'm getting distracted and not taking in the whole story. So hold your questions. Um, yeah. Are you ready? Going to close the meeting now. Somehow. How do you close the meeting? You mean close it for from people joining in the middle? Yes. I, because I, I, I would hate to have an interruption. Oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait five minutes, all right? Because we've still got people coming in. <clears throat> yeah, people, people take their time. <laughs> yeah, there's a name for that, but we'll shut up. Hey, Cynthia. <laughs> Hello, what if I come out? Am I not allowed to come in then? You stay there, darling. You're fine. <laughs> no, if I'm interrupted, maybe there's a call, an emergency. It's you fine. Can... If you need to leave anytime, you guys don't need to tell us, just leave. No, what I'm saying, maybe there's an emergency call. Am I not allowed to come in, to come back? Yeah, um, I prefer not to be interrupted because I've got to turn around and, yeah, and, and do all the technical <laughs> stuff. If I see it and I don't know who you are, if you come back, you've got a call, I know that you're coming back, I'll, I'll do it. But I wanted to lock the interview you know so it's Gary, pure focus hey, Gary, yes sir yes ma'am i know that this one coming from zimbabwe mm. okay wow <laughs> okay cynthia right okay so i'll keep out can i make when you you see my my accent i'm, I'm coming from french country oh. you, you listen to her accent she's coming from zimbabwe i have a lot of friends from zimbabwe 
So I know, I'm sure that you come from Zimbabwe. Definitely. Wow. Yes. I know. <laughs> Lou, can I make you host? Uh, you can do. Something. Right. Okay, because if I make you host... Oh no, I can't do that right now. I wish I could do two more, two or more hosts as well. I think you can, I'm not sure. <clears throat> because make hosts... It, it might be easier for you if you make a host, then you can focus on the interview. Yeah, I will do that. And then if anyone comes in, if it's Cynthia's you left can and come back people, in, we can yeah. bring her back in. All right, brilliant. All right, so... Because you've all got you got I've all got you holding your smile for a long time. <laughs> I love it. Uh, here we are. Um, right, I'm Kerry Mussington, founder and director of Mind Over Matter Project Suicide Prevention, and uh, tackling the underlying issues of depression. Um, today we have special guest Farisai, and I'm not going to attempt to say your last name. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to actually just share the screen so we can let everybody know what this is about today and why why you brought us here um, today. So if you can see on the screen, Healed Road to Recovery on Amazon. You've made it to Amazon. Yeah. Um, the Road to Recovery is your book. I will bring the screen back out again. Healed Road to to recovery is it chirama is a traditional is to is a tradition that is best described as a game of bonding between brothers and sisters in law in zimbabwean shona culture for farisai it escalated into a violation of the very essence of the womanhood womanhood and all it stands for sexuality violated by brother-in-law who should have been looking out for her pharisees life health and function in society became a tangle of spiderweb one she shrugged to detangle a ripple effect were endless pharisees first of all congratulations to you congratulations thank you thank you I mean, I mean, you're not just Pharisee, you're Pharisee. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a title of now book author. And how yes. we came to know you is started off with JD Lifestyles and fit, no, Fitness. And you became uh, working out on health recovery on that side. And then we pulled into, you came with us over to Mind Over Matter. Um, and we actually talked about the recovery side and we've worked quite well. I've had an interview with you. You've had an interview. No, not quite frankly. This is a very first proper interview. But now you're coming with a title. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. I'm still trying to get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. I mean, you. you know what? For me, your book 
Uh, for those that don't know you, they've never heard of you or may have never heard of this new book that you're doing, um, what inspired you to write that book? I know we've got a little snippet, but I want to hear it from you. Yeah, um, actually, when I started writing the book, I didn't even know I was writing it. It was me trying to express myself when I felt I didn't really have anybody to express myself to. Um, I was going through a very difficult time uh, when I started writing it. And I had been trying to speak to people that I believed would listen but then who turned out not to. Um, If I go right to the end, I've since learned that a lot of them didn't want to hear because they were too afraid to deal with what I was actually talking about. So to them, it was kind of a coping mechanism to pretend it wasn't as bad as it was and to tell me that I'm this strong person they know who's always dealt with everything and so they expected I'd be able to deal with this particular problem. So I started writing because I was so searching. I was searching in my mind, I was searching in my heart what the hell and how the hell I got where I was at that point. Um, Just briefly, I had been in a car accident, a very bad car accident, uh, which nobody caused but myself. I wasn't focused enough on the driving as I should have been. And that is because I had a going on, as I've said, I had a lot going on in my head that I, just went off and drove into the wall trying to park right in front of my flat and I went into the wall I sustained very bad uh, injuries on the shoulder on the knee, on the ankle and the back Um, and after ringing um, 999 I was in the middle of a small village in North Wales. I was told the roads to get to where I was were not that good and it would take at least an hour to get to me. And so, yeah, I was in really bad shape. Um, And to make things worse, when I did get picked up by the ambulance and was taken to a hospital in North Wales, they refused to admit me because they assumed I was um, an asylum seeker document. They assumed that I would need to pay for my treatment. So they said to me, we're not admitting you because we don't know who is going to foot the bill of your treatment. So I was driven straight back to my flat with a packet of um, painkillers, cocodamols, and that's it. Um, they didn't even do the checks that they should have done. They just told me, oh, we have done an x-ray. You don't have broken bones, so you should be okay in a week or so. Uh, just go and take painkillers. Considering my leg had twisted. 
I just couldn't see how I was meant to cope. And I was on my own in that little flat. And so I tried to reach out to friends. I tried to reach out to family. I have this tendency of always having a smile on my face. And I think sometimes my voice carries a smile as well, even when I'm going through a tough time. So it's difficult for people to gauge, you know, when I'm really struggling. An interesting thing is that permanent smile on my face and in my voice has also been a coping mechanism that dates back to when I was about 12. Because, um, believe it or not, this accident was a culmination of activities that started when I was 12. Um, and that is abuse. I was groomed from the age of 12 by a close family uh, relative and he was that clever he actually waited until I turned 16 before he went the step further to sexually abuse me. So over the years People never actually knew when I was happy or when I was not. People just believed I was always happy because I, one of my coping mechanisms was put a front, always act like everything is hanky-dory, always act like you can conquer the world, always act like nothing phases you. And unfortunately, people mostly believe what they see. And so, yeah. I I kind of did that to myself, uh, which has been very difficult to acknowledge, but writing the book helped me to acknowledge that. I guess that's in brief what the book is about and why I wrote it. I wrote it as a way of self-expression to myself. And I think at the back of my head, I hoped one day members of my family would read it um, and get to understand me. That was priority for me, especially my son, because I didn't really <clears throat> tell him the things that actually culminated in me driving into a wall. Um, but he, he, my son found out about the book before I actually realized myself that I was writing it. And he said to me, Mom, you never told me you were writing a book. And I looked at him and I was like, what are you talking about? And he says, yeah, every time I come in here in the living room over there, you always like this on your phone. I wrote the book on my um, Google, what do you call it? Google Docs. <laughs> like, you're always like this. And I'm always wondering, why is it? Every time. And I couldn't really walk or go anywhere that time because I was recovering from this accident. And so he used to leave me all the things that I needed close to me. And he would come back and find them in the same position. The only thing that was moving was my phone. And so he got curious and picked up my phone one day and read. And he, just, he was like, what? He's really my mom. So yeah. Um, then I decided I should finish the book with his encouragement, of course, because he said to me, I never knew who you were until now. Uh -huh. And I understand, understand so many things now 
that I didn't understand before. And I think it's important that people get to know you and understand you because I've witnessed you being accused, being treated this way, that way, um, unnecessarily and unfairly. And I think if people get to know the truth behind your presentations, maybe some people will forgive you. Maybe some people will start treating you differently. Maybe some people will accept you and accommodate you in their comfort zones. Um, so yes, I then continued. Do you know what, Farisai? Did, 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 did that change your relationship between you and your son? Him saying that? Definitely, definitely. I had been worried about my son because some of the things that he witnessed happening to me tormented him so much that he shut down a great part of him. I watched him shut down slowly. I didn't know how to help him. And him reading what he read and then demonstrating so much understanding to me when he spoke to me about it, gave me hope that, you know, <clears throat> he could actually start to open up again um, to me, especially, but hopefully to the world. It's still a journey, but I, I'm, I'm so happy that he picked up my phone <laughs> because that has been therapy for him as well. And it's really brought us together. Me writing the book, he's been encouraging. He's, um, he's contributed actually to the book. That cover you see there is with the graphics. So yeah, it's really brought us a bit closer. Hello. So what's the graphics about? This seems like a whole world on your, even it's on, on your shoulder. back, but that, it's that on is her back. He, yeah, that is, he said that I always looked like I was carrying the whole world on my back. Uh-huh. So yeah. that is what that represents. <laughs> yeah. Do we, are you doing signatures? Have you been practicing? Because I really want my copy with my signature, with your signature. Because this is this is um, history. Yeah, I'm 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 actually hoping this coronavirus thing is going to listen up a bit because I would like to do like a proper. You'd be pleased to know it is. Yeah, <laughs> can sign books for people. I really would like to do that because I appreciate every person who's buying this book. Not necessarily from the perspective that I'll make money from it, but from the perspective that they will start to understand me. And better still, they will start to understand a lot of people. While I was writing the book, I've been researching and I've been talking to different people. Uh, those that follow me on Facebook know that this book should have been out <laughs> probably last early last year. But as I have been talking to people, I actually found myself growing and adjusting my own mindset to some of the things. So I was able to rephrase some of the stuff. And um, so the book will actually help a lot of people understand presentations about a lot of people. Because one thing I've noticed is 
my coping strategies, a lot of people are actually nodding their heads saying, you know, that's what I've been doing. That's what I did. And, you know, um, I'm also working on that. And I've started working with some people as well, um, sharing how I coped. And hopefully some, some more people will tell their stories. I have to say, incredible. I mean, I'm, I am so privileged to to encountered you and it's been i think going way past a year now isn't it so um to watch your road to recovery you started off as just a woman that was basically cocooned that's how i felt about you um (laughs) i felt that you had an expression you had something to say you needed to speak to people you started this community hub and then you went on to um bringing, uh, setting up a, a national, international domestic violence and abuse uh, out, outreach, really. It was, I, I call it a, an outreach. It was a vocal voice and it gave a voice to many other women. Um, and I think there was men there as well. I'm not sure. But it gave a voice to people about abuse and domestic violence. But it's not just the abuse. We're talking about grooming. We're talking about child abuse you can use the word child abuse i can use the word rape it's the same thing and i know this conversation is very triggering to people and although we're listening to your success it people's minds will automatically be thinking about their own ordeal whilst we're doing this live i'll say to you you're not alone in this battle guys and if you do need some help after the things that you're hearing here that's what we're here about we're saying we've done it we've been there we get you we're going to show you a way forward. That's why coming together and uniting. You got up there. You started for me personally. She's a role model. She's a leader. Let's follow her. But then there was a, you see, the relapse was coming in. You were pure to relapse. And I could see, I could literally see that, um, we're just about to get somebody else coming in. Sorry, this happens. It's real life. I could literally see that you were relapsed. You were in a sticking point of depression, even though you were front face uh, out there in the community, take, teaching other people, come on, take your life back. Behind closed doors, you were still suffering. You were suffering from ridicule. You were suffering from people making allegations and judging you because you were different, because you were standing out, because you were taking ownership of your life. What is some of the stigma that was attached to that? Because I remember kicking you distinctly up the backside. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget that day. That day, you know, some people say there's no God. But I'll tell you today, that day was one of the biggest confirmations that God is there. I was really down. And she'd been messaging me saying, oh, where are you? Where are you? I just disappeared. And I, what I had decided was I was getting my inbox. Sorry. Stop talking about this. Stop doing this. Shaming yourself, embarrassing yourself, you know, all these things. And but I had made up my mind that this book needed to be written and 
needed not to be diluted because some people were saying if you're gonna write the book maybe don't include this maybe phrase it this way and i was hearing voices from everywhere trying to stop me and i'm thinking i can't do this so i kind of said to myself i'm gonna disappear from <laughs> F, and i'm gonna write this book in hiding uh but what what actually happened is i discovered that i was finding my strength and my courage uh, to write the book by engaging with people and when i isolated myself believing that that would help me finish the book i became quite low i really like i felt like the walls were closing in on me and um I had been ignoring messages. Carrie sent me several messages. But the interesting thing is, right from the start, Carrie got me right from when I when we met. She saw right past my face, my makeup, my smile. You know, she would drop in hints. And I was kind of scared of her because, <laughs> because I kept thinking she's gonna flip and check the my shield off and I'm not ready um, but she was so kind in the way she did it so I was kind of thinking can you go away please <laughs> and in, in, in the next second I mean but I, I actually need your kindness go away stay go away stay <laughs> yeah, yeah. self-sabotage you know, I don't know if people get this kind of feeling that I'm describing you want somebody around but you don't want them around because of the fears that they might actually break you mm -hmm. I had schooled uh, myself to believe that I was unbreakable I used to say to people bring whatever you want to me I'll deal with it and I'll keep going but somehow Kerry got into a hidden section of me that I never actually considered anybody could get to. And that really scared me. What was that? I think there was a time probably maybe when you thought I didn't like you at all. And maybe I didn't, but in a not in a hate kind of way, I didn't like your ability to, you know, to open me up. <laughs> it's quite interesting that. It's very good. The day that you rang me, and mm -hmm. well, you texted and I said I was busy. Mm. I said I was at work and I said I wasn't allowed to use my phone. And she kept texting and she was like, I'm not gonna let you, I can sense you are going down. I can sense you getting depressed. I can sense, and I'm like, how does she know these things? She's not even here. <laughs> and, I was, and I was doing my live videos of diversion, baking and cooking and all these things, trying to, let people believe that I was not there um, live, but I was actually busy. You know, I was trying to fill that uh, social media space with things that I was doing so people wouldn't suspect what was going on. She did. But Kerry saw right. She, right. You, you digressed, you got off track. I'm ring you. <laughs> and I said, I'm not allowed to use the phone. He says, Well, you do get breaks, don't you? I'm like, Okay, then. Um, yeah, ring me on my break, and she talked, and I, I 
tried everything I could think of to my off back. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't. I think one of the things about all of us when we come together is about pure honesty. We, we yeah. you know, that you say judgment, judgmental. Um, we are judgmental. We can't help that. We have the ability to have to be keeping safe. And so what the agenda is, um, when you require that people don't want something from you, they just want to see you well. That's where you allow someone to come into your space or you don't. It's called what you did is self-sabotage. And I recognise that as self-sabotage when you go distant, when you go quiet. I know that you put that mask on. One minute you'll be Batman, next minute you'll be Superwoman, next minute you'll be somebody else. I know that you're quite creative in all avenues and you're very good with relating to other people um, in in regards to around about all of this child grooming and abuse and domestic violence. Tell me, I'm going to ask this question. Even though I said don't promote method, we are going to put a disclaimer. Do not do what you have heard on here today. When you got into your dark space before you get identified, you put out there that you had a car accident. At that point, your lowest point, that was your lowest point, was that intentional? No, the accident was actually not my lowest point. Great. Funny enough. Some people have said I'm crazy. I, I actually say the accident was the best thing that ever happened to me because that is the day as I was driving, as I could see I'm going into the wall and there's nothing I can do about this. And it must have been probably five, ten seconds, I'm not sure. But I saw a slideshow of my whole life. Flashbacks. And I was like, Jesus Christ, 90% of my life, I have been acting, I have been faking. Nobody knows me. And I remember saying, God, so I'm going to die. I'm not going to know me at all. Sorry, can you guys move your mics, please? Um, Whoever's that is. Apologize for this. This is this happens. It's real life. We don't hold anyone. Yeah. So if you're, yeah, I remember thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna die. My mom is is not even going to know who I am. My family, my friends, the whole world. I've been painting this picture to people. That is not true. Uh, look, um, this is it. And um, I said a prayer in those seconds. Trust me, you can live a lifetime in a matter of seconds i said god give me a second chance i really need people to see me and to know me the real me not this acting that i've been doing just give me that one chance and trust me i will do those things that you meant me to do on planet earth that i've been unable to do because i've been too busy painting pictures, I've been too busy acting this way when I should have been that way. Just give me one chance. And I say it's the best thing that happened to me because that's the, I would say maybe the first time I was really honest to God, I was honest to myself. And he answered that that prayer. He gave me that second chance. Oh, 
is that right my lowest point was when i was pushed back into the flat from the hospital the fifth time in the space of three weeks of trying to be admitted in hospital and each time being told we still don't know who is going to pay for your treatment we still don't know who is going to i was living in a flat that was on a third floor and i've got a leg that is swollen like they weighed my leg it was seven and a half kgs my leg just the leg and i'm being dropped off outside the door i had to drag myself on my bottom up the stairs to go to the third floor and that time that day the fifth day i thought i can't do this anymore and as much as i've asked you to give me a second chance god i don't think i knew what i was talking about i don't have the strength i don't have the courage i and I was like, I should have just allowed you to take me when I had the car accident. That was my lowest point because I don't believe in life ending just because you decide you want it to end. And yet I was at that point. So that's the day that I consider in my whole life to have been my lowest point. And your highest point? My highest, point, my highest point was almost was over two years later when I walked into hospital uh, on my own with just a walking stick, faced my consultant and his eyes were like this wide because they had all been telling me, you're never gonna walk again, your leg is never gonna uh, be fixed. Uh, you either going to end up always in a wheelchair or you're always going to have these crutches, you know, the crutches that have supports yeah. of back mm -hmm. and two of them, and that's the best you can hope for. And um, I spent eight months fighting get accepted to get a surgery on me three uh, I, I had second opinions in three different places and they were all telling me it's impossible it's impossible and each time i'd leave crying but saying you're not god you don't tell me when i'm gonna be when i'm gonna die or when i'm gonna be disabled or any of those things you need to do your job and you're gonna do it it's the last thing i do so yeah that day after going through a 90-day challenge where i walked in the park where i danced to give my they said i lost a lot of uh, muscle strength or a lot of muscle in my leg and so i wasn't able to control it i used to just fall it, it would just flop and i would fall i had a lot of falls um but i still believed i could fight it and when they gave up on me they discharged me from uh, physiotherapy i said i was gonna take up the fight myself and the 90 day challenge i shared it on J jd jda fitness and that's when i, I was getting support from kerry from a gentleman called jd and a whole lot of other people in that group um 
and they watched me walk in the park, videoing myself, sometimes crying, <laughs> and then dancing and acting all strong. And when I finished the dance, I sat down, I would cry like a baby because I'd been so much pain. Um, but it did work. Good, good. Just back in my leg. And it actually ended up helping me with my back as well. And so, yeah, um, the day the doctor saw me walk in the hospital and I told him I drove myself, his eyes were like this. That was priceless. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask anybody that, I I'm, know I'm there's questions, Skelor. So who'd like to answer some of these questions, uh, Farisai? Anyone got any questions prepped, ready? I had a lovely comment that was said from the... Go ahead, Susan, and I'll get to the comment in a second. Go ahead, Susan. Unmute your mic, sweetheart. Can I speak? Yeah, just... Mary or Susan, yeah. Susan was just about to... Hold on a minute. Yeah, I just want to say to Fari, I mean... Uh, thank you for being brave. Uh, you opened doors for a lot of us if i may say because uh it's true that we live uh, a false life you know just to make people happy when it's not really you and that's true and uh, when you die you die with a, like false pretense and uh, i just want to say you did a good job and uh, you feel free it's like you have uh, made yourself free because if you live a, a false lie it's like you are in a prison in a cell you are, you are in a you are locked you are locked in, in somewhere where you feel guilt yourself when you're on your own because sometimes we can talk to ourselves i don't know if others do but i do yeah, i yeah. think myself what the hell was i doing what was i trying to do <laughs> that's not real me but if you it's like you set yourself free. Yeah. You just feel you, you just feel free. You know when you are free, you are free. So and we have the strength. Thank you so much for that, and well done. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Thank Definitely, you. I feel free. <laughs> Susan. Um, I was going to say, um, do you think you'll be writing another book? Definitely, it's already started. <laughs> oh, wonderful! So. So would you say now that you sort of like um, see yourself as 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 an author now? Uh, I don't actually that way, but what I was seeing myself was somebody who is going to finish what they started. And if not, then maybe teach other people to carry on uh, the storytelling. This is the subject of abuse is a global pandemic and it's not gonna end just by me um it's gonna be something that needs to continue and one best way of people being aware is by people telling their own stories um especially telling it yourself mm. 
because um, I'll tell you something. When I was writing the book, somebody said to me, because I said to somebody, it makes me emotional a lot of times. And somebody said to me, why don't you just pay a ghostwriter and have them write the book for you? Mm -hmm. Spoke to a few and I quickly dropped the idea because each one I spoke to was already editing my story before I even finished telling it. And I think edited stories actually prevent people properly understanding what the realities are. I know that abuse reality is different from person to person, but a lot of the books that I've read that are supposed to be professional books that help people, they kind of end up pushing you all into one box where you're expected to see abuse the same way, to respond to it the same way, and so recover from it using the same pathways. Mm -hmm. My experience is everybody's different. Everybody's pace is different. So I think we should continue telling our stories. I'll keep writing and keep encouraging people to do the same as well. See, right. Um, but I like the idea of you calling me an author. You are, you I are. Like, yeah, because for me, that's what you definitely you are. are. Yeah. So maybe if you did a bit more visualization yep. of like, yeah, of seeing yourself that way, because I'm already seeing you that way. I must, I must say, um, I do find the cover is incredible. It's a beautiful cover. Yes. The well done is your son um, helped to combine and design that. It's an excellent design. And I say that because for women, that seems to be something that we do. We carry the world on our mm. shoulder. Mm. So I think it's a really great representation mm. of uh, what we go through as women. Mm -hmm. So my other thing, my other question, because I had a little, little bit of a question written down, right? So Sorry. my other thing was what I was going to ask you was, um, was it costly to actually uh, produce uh, to to actually produce the book. Well, yeah, producing a book is costly. If you if you take the quick way around it, okay, because you end up paying for just about everything. I thought the most difficult part of writing a book was actually writing it. Right. When I put my last full stop on the book and thought, now I can get the book out, I can get it published, I had to learn there are all sorts of other expectations that, that are out there that would make the book meet the minimum requirements for it to be uh, able to be placed on the platforms where you sell your books. You know, places like Lulu, Amazon, um, even libraries. And as well, I wrote my book when we were fast transitioning into virtual lives. So um, there were requirements as well that, that I needed to meet. And because I had been unemployed for three years, recovering from my injury, I didn't really have money right mm -hmm. it had to be the long way around if i had had money i probably would have done it like this 
um, by paying people to do the different things. Um, but it became longer. I'm actually glad because it's it's made me learn a lot about absolutely published. Yeah, you have of which the next book that I'm going to write will probably not be that difficult. Generally <laughs> speaking, producing a book is expensive. I think was the thing. Right. What were, so we're not deter people from writing a book. Roughly, was that were because uh, we don't we don't want finance to stop anyone from achieving. Yeah. Yes. No. So so really, you know, what price range did you actually pay out from the top price range? Because we can say minimum from. And then also, yes, I'm aware. Sorry, I'm also aware that uh, Angus is waiting to talk and ask you a question. And also, um, Lou, is she gone? Someone's got their uh, mic, um, someone's talking in the background, so if you just mute your mics if you're not speaking, that'd be great. Farah, so another question, I'm going to ask Angus, please do fire oh, away with your question, and Lorraine, we'll take your question afterwards. Um, Susan, I think that's your household. Thank you. Um, so, Agnes, you had a question for Farah, Sai. You'd have to unmute your mic, my love. She's right next to you on my screen. She's now coming. Just... No, <laughs> no, I don't have uh, any question. Um, I was thinking um, because uh, I was thinking uh, how to write a story because I start um, a story, but I never ended. <laughs> All right. So, so she's... I, 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 I'm listening. 
carefully to say if I have to continue to end it or I have to stop it. Because as Farise uh, is saying, it's a lot of job, lot of things to put it in. Um, so, but I don't have a question for now. I don't have. I think two just... things I'll say to you, Agnes, is your story is your own to tell. How long it takes is up to you. I wouldn't give up. I think if you have taken pen to paper, you have a story to tell, and I would not encourage you to give up on it. What I can suggest is write as much as you can when you can. But when you stop, don't throw that book or that notebook away. Put it somewhere visible where once in a while you see it and remember you have a story to tell. And remember what I'm saying to you today. Your story means something to someone out there. One person, good enough. Just one person. I believe every individual on this planet was meant to touch one person's life. And your story, if, if, if you went as far as starting to write, that story is meant for somebody. Even if it takes you 10 years, don't worry about it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know Thank what? You. Excuse me. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh. She she's talking to me. You, Sarah, we need to meet somewhere in Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. Thank you very much. Yeah, because I start writing my, my story. Uh, I think I did uh, 14 ages and yes. as you said we have a friend she's now she's more than 70 mm -hmm. and it's at this age that she published uh, a book rosemary crowley for all she went through thinks she was uh young so i will uh, i will take your advice and try to yeah uh because my my story is more uh, as you were saying there is sometimes that someone that you can call, call call god or something speak to you mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh when i see what i want through in my life mm -hmm. i think that someone or something was with me and I need to testify for uh, for what this uh, spirit, this man, this woman did for me and is what I start and uh, I think I, I stopped uh, two years ago but as you you are motivate me to go back to what I start doing and I will go. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank so, you. I am so glad that I have inspired you. I, like you, many times I started to tell my story, uh, tried different things, and many times I stopped. But like I said, 
I always, I had this little box where I always threw those things. I remember there was one little notebook that I dropped at my friend's one time when I um, ran away from my own home, <laughs> from, from our views. Uh, and I went to a friend's house for time out and I bought a no little notebook. When I got there, I realized that I hadn't brought my usual notebook. So I bought a little notebook and I wrote away and then I forgot that little notebook in, in my friend's house. And I remember she rang me and she said, I didn't know you could write that well. And I'm thinking, I don't write well. I just tell my story. So yeah, even if you stopped it two, two years ago, you can still pick it up. Right, Lorraine's been, um, we'll do Lorraine and then we'll go to Louise. Lorraine's been waiting for such a long time. <laughs> Sorry, thank you Lorraine for being patient. It's all right, I've been learning and actually I had the same question like Mama Guinness asked about, so what was, you know, how were you writing? Because I started, I've got page, 14 pages, but I haven't finished. So yeah, I think you've helped me with that. Uh, first things first, I got your book and congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, because it's such a, it's a book full of twists and turns. When I started reading it this morning, because it arrived late last, yesterday, so I started reading it this morning, but I couldn't just put it down. I'm already nearly uh, finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nearly finishing. I'm remaining with chapter 18 and 19 at the end. Yeah, but, but because it's a book that you can't, once you start, you can't put it down it's wow. it's 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 just yeah it's just amazing so yeah i had a, a few questions actually we I, i've learned a lot about from lover boy from your son from <laughs> my, i know right <laughs> it's exciting and i would encourage all of you if you don't have a copy yet it's not even a marketing i'm not a marketing manager or anything like that but Do it's, it. it's Love a, boy. yeah yeah it's such a very interesting book. This is why I wanted many people to kind of like most of my friends to come and learn about it from the, you know, your son's teachers and all of that. It's, it's, it's really, it has touched on a large number of topical issues, things that we need to be talking about. So thank you so much for bringing the conversations. I think it will, it will definitely bring the conversations. Just for example, the issue of hospital that you've been talking about is thing that people need to reflect on and see how we can bring real change because we don't want people to go through again the yeah. same process like you are saying living in top floor but then just left on the door what is that yeah so i really thank you for telling the story as it is but the, i had a question around like your mother to say did you send her a copy or <laughs> something like that yeah and yeah <laughs> it wasn't like it serious thing because of just how I have been touched actually there's a page which I can even show you I've written I think it was page 51 hang on a minute yeah wait I've added that fast. <laughs> I've added stuff to say you are not alone so it, it it was that story yeah after I read the story and page 51 and if if you see I underline books when I'm writing I you know highlight Seiko paint and yeah so there's just a lot that i was um kind of like relating to and it's it's so powerful thank you oh, thank you uh, and we... in, in terms of sending my mom a copy 
I'm still debating whether to do it or not because though I asked for her permission to write the story because there's some sensitive issues in there that went on between me and my mom that went on between me and my like immediate family right up to it being published I um for starters she's um getting on age-wise so reading the book I'm not sure if she would be able to read it um I've been debating on how she can actually avail to it and somebody has advised me that I could actually get the book on an audio I really would like her to listen to the book because it will clear air she doesn't realize it now I mean when like she doesn't realize that this book could clear air between me and her it's about how I'm going to convince her to listen to it because I strongly believe that me and my mom will be in love again when she listens to this book I so, I strongly believe that it. everybody's going to be talking about your book I mean it's going well wide isn't it and I don't yeah. think that somebody could resist but read that book when they know who you are um for us we've got the pleasure of meeting you now and so therefore got to get your book haven't we we've got to support you we want to know a people of your life we want to see what what's, she, what, what's in there so i i think you know the universe will align what it needs to align as it when it needs to gonna go mindful of the time um yeah. louise go ahead Right, um, my question was kind of similar to what Lorraine just said about um, would you have you sent a copy to your mum, but it was more along the lines of did you at any point feel okay now this is all in a book and everybody's gonna know everything? Did you feel scared that everyone was gonna know everything, or were you just so relieved that you were? getting it out there because I I don't know I think I would kind of like you're relieved because you're getting it out of your head because you're penning it all down but then you're sharing it with, with the world isn't that funny I wrote down the word repercussions yeah. did you feel scared at any point did you think oh yes I did I've been scared right through the whole process trust me I've been it's uh, me sharing the story is really making myself extremely vulnerable. I thank God that I learned this art of keeping. <laughs> We're so used to having this. <laughs> because even now, even now, shield away. You know, if if I was uh, like Fiona, I'd probably be red in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I did a video yesterday where I was talking about this little book of anecdotes. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, yeah, just about. Oh, let me just put it on now. So look, look, okay. Look, do it again. You got to speak though. I think. Say something, Farisai. Can you see it? You got to speak. Speak, Farisai. Keep talking while you hold it there, and that'll pick it up. Okay, yeah, I was saying um, this yesterday I did a video 
about this little booklet. Okay. I there was a time when you kicked me in the backside when I was going down, and I read somewhere that sometimes you've got to be your own cheerleader, and you've got to speak positive to yourself. You've got to speak affirmations. Um, you've got to feed your soul yourself. And I started poking myself. Um, if you follow me on Facebook, on the story bits, I always, every day, I put little quotes and stuff like that. Um, probably a lot of people would think it's, it's mainly for people out there. But a lot of it is me talking to myself, me trying to encourage myself and reassure myself when I'm feeling like, oh my God, oh my God, because I do, I have been experiencing a lot of that. So I ended up getting a collection of some of the quotes that I was saying to myself and had it printed. And why I did that is because I had started to think I can't get published. Who am I? I'm nobody. Who am I to think I can be an author? So I had somebody print this little thingy, this little booklet. And when I looked at it, I was like, well, these are my quotes and it is a book. So why can't I be, you know, a published author? And I picked, picked up again and I continued. So yeah, it's scary telling your own story, especially if it's not a story about you being flying high and being a celebrity and all that. If it's sensitive issues, it's, it's, it's not easy, it's scary. But what kept me going was the fact that I believe it will open people's eyes. I believe it might, it, even if it doesn't totally change, the, the score when it comes to abuse it will at least initiate people starting to think you know what life is worth fighting for because i'm living proof that i have put up a fight not easy but well worth it i'd say healed road to recovery farisai let's all try and pull out your name again so i can get that right because it's Same not Zemwa, De- the silent Zemwa, yeah. Ah, Zemwa. Okay, because when we look at the Zs and stuff, when we're coming from an English translation, it's kind of complicated for yeah. those of un- <laughs> unknown. Sorry, and what, what is the meaning? Because those people, their name are all, I have always the meaning. Yeah. Are you sure you want to know what it means? Yeah. Okay. Um, Zemwa is. It means a clown. A clown. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the the, the 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 story behind the name. Um, part of my book talks about these cultures that damage us, that ruin us, and you know that kind of control how we see things. And history has it, as it's been told to me, has it that my grandfather was stubborn like me. <laughs> Speak his mind, he would fight for what he believed in. And because of that, he kind of broke some of family's traditions by doing certain things that traditions didn't permit. And he, he kind of got excluded. Mm-hmm. So he ended up working in a different country in Mozambique. 
and apparently his coping mechanism was always joking around making making everything look funny even things that are not funny he would twist them and just make them look funny um and so Zemwa is actually not Zimbabwean it's Mozambican it means clown and that became his nickname where he worked he worked in, in the mines in Mozambique so they called him Zemwa Zemwa because he was always clowning around he was always being funny so when he came back home because he was separated from everybody else um he decided he was going to change his name and start using his nickname as his second name so we kind of became a separate kind of um extended family if that makes sense um so we didn't have to feel that we are excluded from the main body of the family Angus, just bear with me one second. I'm just going to bring um, the gentleman over so you can dwell on him. Go ahead. <laughs> Go on, um, uh, Adrian, please. Thank, thank you, Kerry. And um, hi, Farisai. Um, congratulations uh, on uh, getting your book out there uh, and joining the, the platform um, today. The um, comment that Kerry is uh, referring to is we were talking this morning about um, coming on here today and the questions that we were uh, going to ask and how we were going to interact with you. And she asked me, she said, um, what do you think about Farisai? What, what do you know about Farisai? And I said, oh, I, I follow um, some of her stuff on Facebook. Um, and then I went, oh, literally. But I then said to Kerry, I also follow uh, Farisai on Black Chat, which is uh, true. We exchange messages sometimes, don't we, Farisai? Yeah. Um, but what I said, the comment that she's referring to is that I, what I noticed is that on Black Chat, you started to place uh, pictures and images of yourself, very um, elegant and uh, glamorous, um, you know, as if you had stepped out of your shell and you're saying, right, this is me, this is who I am, you know? Um, and I never mentioned it to anybody, just literally this morning when I was speaking to Kerry about it, but the, the stark contrast between your Black Chat page and the Facebook page, and it, it's just just my own thought process, because that was a question that was asked of me. Um, but congratulations uh, to you on taking that plunge and getting as far as you did. And listening to your story um, as well, there are certain elements of your story that I didn't know uh, until you, you spoke this afternoon. So all, all credit to you. And if I could, could I ask you one question? Um, yeah. How did you end up dealing with the police uh, and the authorities after you had your accident where you stayed? They, they took you to the hospital because they didn't think you were a citizen. You know, they, they, they sent you home. How did you resolve that? I um it's it's still a sore spot for me because at the time i had a lot going going on um after the accident while i'm dealing with the injuries and with the struggles to get admitted i also had a boyfriend who then 
sexually abused me while I was like that and police got involved from that angle um, it was just too much for me okay. and um, so I was advised that you could take it up um, make a claim and I attempted to engage three different solicitors one in Wales, one here where I am in the West Midlands, and one I actually communicated virtually who was supposed to be based in Essex, I think. And they all told me that, oh, you will never win your case against NHS. Oh, they have money, they get the best solicitors, and so chances of you winning this case are next to zero. Um, one of the solicitors actually said to me, I actually don't believe this happened. Right, okay. okay. And so I then thought, you know what, this is just too much for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to put it aside. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. And deal with what is priority to me right now. And sure. that was recovering and getting on with things. And that was me writing this book. and opening people's eyes to even the realities of some of the treatment that we get out there. Um, people think abuse is only related to you know, physical, sexual, but there are subtle abuses that nobody talks about. And I personally believe that phase of me dealing with NHS was abuse. I believe that. Maybe I could afford the solicitor that would help me win that case. But yeah. like to put it out there, I was abused by the system. And the most painful part of it is I'm a nurse. Mm -hmm. I've been fired in 2007 and I've saved lives since in this country, never asking questions, never judging anybody. But yeah. when I found the one time since I qualified, the one time I needed NHS, it let me down. Sure, sure, sure. And if they continue to let me down even now, I mean, like, moment, I've been dealing with um, long COVID symptoms, and it seems like I now have a reputation with my hospital because I fought them for two years. Yeah. Don't want to know. I'm basically having to cope with my own situations on my own, and I think it's wrong. But anyway, I actually, I guess to answer your question, I haven't done, I haven't really done anything about it. Okay, okay, okay. Is able to do? Yeah, I, I, I anything about that. it? Yeah, I, I, I ask because you know to hear that for the first time, uh, as as I've literally just heard it this afternoon. Um, you, you can't believe that you would be treated uh, as such um, and it would force one to ask questions as to why you were treated surely um, not because they just didn't believe that you couldn't pay the bill it's not something that uh, you experience here in England if you have an accident or somebody calls the police say oh somebody's just been run over outside the ambulance come and they, they take them away and they you know they deal with them um, it's not not like in America where you you get checked in first. Do you have insurance and so on and so yeah. forth? So I found it quite alarming to actually hear that 
somebody here in the UK and you have this has, has experienced that, you know? Yeah, well, can I just say um, one thing I can say about that whole situation? You know, in hospitals, you have these curtains that they put so yeah. that people, you know, like when they give, when they're treating you, when they... Yes, um, privacy screens. They, you, privacy they close yeah. the curtains so that everybody does not see what's happening to you. The stupidest thing that happened that first day when I was refused uh, admission was a consultant was called in, a surgeon was called in, it was a nurse and another person, I think it was a doctor or something, I don't know, four of them having a conversation about me, they closed the curtains and they're standing on the other side of the curtain where I was and they're talking like uh, about me, like I can't hear them and they're saying things like oh who is going to talk to her who is going to explain to her um how bad this is and i don't think she i don't i don't think she will understand um like i can't speak english already making these assumptions there's a bias there and worse to make matters worse they said oh you know what she's one of those those people and one of the one of the four said one of which people and he's like uh, the hard to reach community mm. so you find an indirect this i opened the curtain and i said i can hear you you know that and then they're all like one walks that way one walks that way one until i was left with one person and i said to him i'm a qualified nurse so you you need to be very careful what you're going to say from here onwards had everything that you just said and he was like oh i didn't say it and i said it doesn't really matter you're a team but you're a, you're a part of a collective you stood there yeah. and, and, and heard that yes you're part of a collective yeah. yeah i said you're a team i heard you say these things yeah. anyway uh, this 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 maybe gives you an, a, a perspective as to what i yeah. think yes the reason why i was denied admission yeah. I don't well, think people should be treated that way, really. No, no. But what, what I would say to you on, on that note, uh, Farisaz, congratulations once again anyway. And that fight there is maybe a fight for another day when yeah. when you're good and ready, if you yeah. choose to uh, yeah. take that. What I, what, what I actually, what I, how I coped with it is, you know, like I said, I talked to myself. I philosophized it and <laughs> I to told myself that this whole thing is being left to the worst side of it so that I'm properly pushed into doing what I need to do and so that I don't take a shortcut into getting where I need to get to. And why I shouldn't take a shortcut is that so that I can understand all the things that, or as much things as possible that happen to people out there. Because while I was recovering, I realized that my calling is help people recover from trauma. And if you are to help people the best way possible, you need to understand what they're going through. You need to understand where they're coming from. And if you don't understand, you need an experience that makes you 
so open-minded that you would be listening you would be willing to open your ears and open your mind to what they are saying how they're saying it and so get what they mean not what you think they mean and that was part of the whole process maybe maybe at some point i might pick this issue up because it's another area that i think needs to be addressed it needs to stop people shouldn't be treated like that period um but up to the level of recovery that i needed to get to i think the timeline had to be that way thank you guys i think on a positive note what what you're saying is pick and choose your battles at the right selection because for me um it is about the road healed road to recovery i'm just going to keep putting your book out there don't know who's left who's there please that's not our guest there you go um the healed road to recovery um what you're saying is I can relate to those journeys of where you feel that is a little bit of indiscrimination, injustices along the way. We do have to pick our fights and think, hold on a minute, which is top priority? Do we invest in this fight, which is going to take days, paperwork, challenge, whatever? Or do we focus on oneself and achieve the book, which is what you've done, clearly? And so, therefore... The more you go on, the more strength you'll get. And the more where you've identified, no, this is wrong. I'm going to do something about it. Because you're going along your journey, you're empowering yourself and others to speak up and speak out. It is saving lives. I want to say, Farisai, to have you here has been a privilege to have everybody ask questions. If, if anybody else wants to ask questions before we go, um... You know, Fiona, thank you so much. Because Fiona's new here, she's listening on this, and we're taking her under our wing as well here. And anybody else that wants to be a part, we're here to see people through their journeys from trauma to recovery to discovery. This is where Farisai is today. She's on the discovery angle of it. But let's not get it twisted. We're human beings. We've still got each day to go through. But what the lesson I've learned out of all of this is that Everything is possible. You can achieve. No matter the trauma, no matter the journey, you ain't letting any perpetrators claim you and hold you back. And I think that's the remit of today's um, discovery, is that speaking out saves lives, support saves so much more. Um, Just put your hand up if you have a question, otherwise we're going to... Just say I think Fiona. Wants to Fiona, please, my darling. Go ahead. Oh, well, thank, you, thank you for letting me um, sit on it. It's really interesting. It was um, that book sounds amazing. I will get that. I'm still in the, uh, the process of being sort of yeah affected by people because of because of my past, and I'm, I, I do feel like it's helped me back. Um, I've had a few. Uh, conversations with Kerry she's helped me through a couple of a few you know tricky situations where I've been triggered by things and Kerry's been very very kind and um yeah I've had a few conversations with her she's been amazing really but uh, to listen to your stories it's um very inspiring and um you're a very brave lady I will definitely buy that it's been about being a part of something Fiona you know it's about like all of us together like Agnes I hope I meet you again and Cynthia and you know these lovely people that are on here it's about being a part of something and when we came together we saw children within one another we're children 
still growing. Even though we've got this big arterial shell on, that we look like a woman, we see in people's eyes that we're a woman, but deep down, we're those kids that, that are just undoing the binds and coming to life. So not every day, Roman's not built in the day, they say, but these challenges of even coming together, being on the same platform, meeting, sharing, knowing that you're not alone in this, seeing someone from on the floor to actually fly on their blinking wings now. I have to say, let's all support it. I have to say, that was a mind over matter, Farisai. And we have to pick you up. So thank you so much for your interview and being here today. So hold your best smiles out, people. Thank you so much. And remember, if you want to purchase the book, please do purchase the book, um, Healed Road to Recovery. You can get that on Amazon. Is there anywhere else you can get that at the minute? Uh, at the minute, it's just on Amazon. Um, I'm working on having it in some bookshops. Uh, but it's a process, as I've learned. I thought it was just, you know, you just say yes, 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 and it goes. But apparently, it's a process as well. And I'm going to get an audio version of it done. But, yeah, it's on Amazon. Um, Somebody has done me the favour of sharing the link. Thank you, Lorraine, for putting the link in here. <laughs> so if if you're keen to get it, you could save that link. Um, it will take you where you can purchase it. Uh, can I just say, before we finish, sure. that life is a journey. Only God knows how long that journey is. And I suggest to people make the most of everything that comes your way you are the driver of your life you decide what you take in and what you don't take in you decide when to fight when to stop when to pick up the fight again but never ever give up on yourself because if you do the whole world will give up on you too and as Kerry has said I've gone from being down there to recovering, self-discovery, but my ultimate goal is to thrive and I can almost taste it. And not just that, I really would like anybody I come across to start to see that picture of thriving because I think we were all meant to thrive, not just survive or battle or or, 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 or be fighting to, to, to rise above something. We This world is for us all and there's enough space for each and every living person and so you should thrive. On that note, we're all going to get our signatures and say thank you so, 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 so much. All right. Hold your best smiles out. Farris, I, Road to Recovery. You know where to get this book, Healed Road to Recovery. Um, Amazon, as we said, I know I've got my purchase. Listen, I've still got my card here. I've like, okay, got my card and I'm still doing it. So thank you so much. What an inspiration. In two years time, it's me. Agnes, yes. and you're going to come back and give us a live as well, Agnes, and yes. come back and tell us how you got on with your book. In actual fact, I think um, we're going to further talk more behind the scenes with Farisai about setting up another workshop and coming a part of whether we get together here and have a session 
and then start doing implementing little bits and little bits that's a start to recovery in that process so your history is well and truly left you will find this history not only on facebook guys that you participated in this today you'll find that on the mind over matter gives back you will also find it on the mum project remember mum's the word if you look at those wings yeah mind uh, over matter. matter and um you can also visit the youtube channel like and subscribe and that is um mind over matter suicide prevention and like and subscribe and you can also visit the website which is www.momproject.co.uk what is that susan she's gone as well isn't she she must have lost connection but i want to say Darius, i you know where to get her book you can find her also on the community hub which is the road to recovery um i think please road to recovery it's community integration hub that's the page and then road to recovery is the group road to recovery i started it it was where i was crying all the time i was doing live videos crying looking for help and i did help get the help that way so yeah if you need help get it whichever way you you, you can so they bought there and we're gonna share the video on those platforms um yeah I'm going to just pop up the seat, hold your best smiles. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. You, uh, I'm.